Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. This is an episode that uh, kind of perversely, you know, I'm, I'm excited about because uh, we're discussing uh, <laughs> <laughs> disappointment, um, feelings of failure and loss, and how those intersect with emotional sobriety. And um, man, I, uh, I know all too well the feeling of tilling soil with the expectation of certain things and then not getting anything and then sitting with that and internalizing it. And uh, struggling to not allow the uh, disappointment of things not turning out the way I hoped they would. Um, yeah, just reflect on my character or kind of sully my ideas about myself, I guess. And I just wanted to ask you guys, you know, wh- where you uh, where where you are with that and emotional sobriety at this point in time. Well, first of all, for, for, I'm in different places. We'll talk about that as we go along. But but uh, you know, it really is what you described, though, Patrick. It's 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 about it's just about reframing things as opportunity. You know, you know, if, if we're living, living a life once we're, we, we have a, we, we have a, a belief that, you know, we, we have opportunity to learn from, from anything that happens to us, that everything is a potential less that positive opportunism we talk about. It's like, you know, and, and, you know, and I don't, and I, that is not my reflex position when, when things don't go my way, but, uh, but I am, you know, I'm, I was talking to you guys about our power being out because this windstorm being out for several days and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a little, you know, it's, you know, per, first of all, I need to put it in perspective and know it's, this is just a little inconvenience. This is not a big, this is not a huge problem. Um, and uh, so it gives me an opportunity to do that and to realize, and I certainly have examples in the last couple of days of realize hmm, I'm not doing so good with it. You know, I was, I, I was a little, a little bit more on edge than would be a good idea. I'm excited about disappointment too, though, Patrick. So excited. Because Alan, Alan's going to tell us what we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the first thing I want to say about it is disappointment sucks. <laughs> I mean, that... Hey, hey, man, testify. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's, it's, if, if we step back and really try to zoom out for a minute on this whole thing, you know, our culture has so many setups meaning that some of the ideas and and shoulds that exist make it hard for us to just flow with our experience mm-hmm. you know and 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 you know i i think i want to start talking about failure first because that'll also relate to the disappointment mm-hmm. um you know we we talk about first of all you know it's a it is a culture that's focused on who wins, right? You know, it it always is. I mean, it's always Mm -hmm. about who's the top dog, who's won, you know, and it's always in comparison and contrast. It's it's not just, it's not enough, you know, because we talk about that, you know, that little uh, nutshell we have that when you stand up for yourself, you win. When you stand against others, you lose. It's like, but, but the, but the cultural thing that you're talking about is always, I got to win. And and it's not enough that I win. You got to lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pervasive that thing. And Mm -hmm. it really shows up, you know, so, so, I, I guess the three things we could we could say is power, failure, and disappointment mm-hmm. are not faced square squarely in our culture. Right. You know, we think of power outside of our relationships, but I'll tell you, is that when you start to think about what emotional dependency does, it turns every relationship into a power struggle. 
You know, I want my way, you want your way. And it's like you said, Tom, it's jostling for who's going to get their way. And or or it's and if you if you what we call fighting to be last online, it's still the same kind of a deal. I mean, you're still it's like the other side of the coin, what you call, you know, negative arrogance. Right. (laughs) I have it. I have it much. No, no. I have it much worse. Alan It's it's much. It's much. It's much harder for me than it is for you. Yeah. yeah. See, it's like... <laughs> it's, it's, we're still winning then. Then we're winning yeah, by yeah. more screwed up. I mean, who, who's, oh, who's that's, that's what I was trained in. Yeah. In, in my, know, who's, got a, yeah. who's got more of a right for self-pity right now? I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, but but see, it, it it's 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 all of these ideas that we're programmed with from such an early age. And, and it's not like anybody said, this is what you have to believe. We're just immersed in it. You know, if you want to learn a language, what do they say? Go immerse yourself in that culture. Right. And there's no, no better way than to learn a language than to be immersed in it. Well, we were immersed in this culture from day one. And so all of these ideas that we've just internalized, it's the way the world is. We've developed this worldview that that has every one of these different ideas. So first of all, we, we don't see that, you know, I love the way that this one guy, Dr. Michael Allen Vincent talks about it. He says, in every relationship, you have terrorism and being terrorized. I mean, everyone, because it's it's a fight for this, who's going to be in charge, and we do it sometimes in very nasty ways, very terroristic ways of putting the other person down, and sometimes, like you said, Tom, it can be so subtle, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you, you, if you wrap sweetness around, you know, a sharp-edged blade, it's still yeah. a knife, <laughs> and when you stick it in, it hurts. As we become awake in emotional sobriety we start to challenge so many ideas. You know, Bill said it so wonderfully when he said, until we let go of our old ideas, the result is nil. Until we let go of our old ideas. So so that is so much more all-encompassing and global than most of us realize. We we pin it to, well, mm-hmm. that I can control my drinking. That's an old idea. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's much more than I can just control my drinking. It's that I can't control you. I can't, you know, that I don't know how to, to be in a relationship. What did he talk about? None of us really know what it means to have a true partnership with another human being. I mean, all of these things, accepting all of these things without being humiliated. See, that's the other part of this. So here's the other thing that happens. Mm -hmm. In our culture, if you fail, you should be ashamed. Nobody wants to own that that they've disappointed someone else or that they're a disappointment. If you feel like a disappointment, you feel a lot of shame. And so here we got is all of these rules and ideas about how we're supposed to be that make it very hard to deal with the experience that we all have. Every one of us have failed. You're saying in our culture, and a lot of times we look at the subculture of our families too, it's, it's, even, it's even greater, which is any, any coming up short is a huge failure. Well, that brings me to a question. Um, when you don't have the lodestar that you once had, to compare yourself mm-hmm. to like the way that we toxically compare ourselves to an ideal that may not be realistic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's something I struggle with in emotional sobriety at this point, because it's, 
I feel kind of unmoored. Like, well, who am I supposed to be? What, how am I supposed to be as good as, you know, this or that, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not supposed to. That's the change. The change is who do you want to be? We've been trained so much away from the word want because we think, oh, well, that's selfish. But when we think about there's no better, there's no better question to ask to understand somebody's value system. Because it's not, you know, we go like, if I say, what do you want? You want you're not going to say, I want, I want a new car and I don't want you to have one, Tom. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not, it's going to be a while till we even get to the cars. We're you're going to say, I want, you know, I, I want peace in the world. I want, I want to get along with people. I want to, I want to be, you know, I want to be a kind person. I want to be a strong person, you know? So you get to decide that value system and that's what we're doing every day. That's what, to me, Alan, you check me on this because because you're the you're the emotional sobriety uh, chief here, for, for me, as far as I'm concerned. But it's it's like it, it's really it's really a matter of me knowing what that value system is and living as congruently to it as I can every single day, and that's the measure of me, right, regardless so, so, of how the rest of the world re responds. Right. Uh, so listen to this, Patrick. Now tell me how you respond when I say this. I'm not interested in being anything I'm supposed to be. Now, how do you hear that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in being anything I'm supposed to be, you know, but I do have interest in that. <laughs> so I know, but, but when I say it, yeah, the, the part of you say, what's wrong with him? How can he yeah. say, that? how can he be so, you know, rebellious? What is he talking about? Anarchy here? Is that what he's, you know? No, no, I'm right. I'm right-handed. So it's a bit like riding with my left hand or that's what it feels like. You know? It's mm -hmm. that's right. Because it goes against if, if I said it with the shoulds, I, I'm not going to do anything I should do. Now, now listen to what that feels like, right? It feels like, oh, my God, look at how uncooperative he is. He's not going to do anything he should do. I'm not interested in conforming to anybody's expectations. Hear that one. I mean, this is counterculture stuff, right? These ideas go against every part, every part of every cell of our programming right every inch of our programming every, every space that our programming exists just hears that and goes oh my god you can't i can't do that you can't be that way what's going to happen in this world we'll have a world that's filled with anarchy nobody's doing anything that they should do but well, see I, that's that's how little trust mm -hmm. we have in ourselves i'm going to be who i choose to be and I'm going to do what I choose to do. I love it when you say to people, whatever you're always doing what you want, whatever you want, what you, because and all you're really saying with that, as far as I understand it, is we always, we have choices and, and nobody's forcing us to do anything. We're choosing these things. That's right. So, yeah. but see, it's such a different way of functioning than what we're really programmed to do. So now let's put yeah. failure into this picture, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now let's, and this is going to sound very outrageous. Every relationship is going to result in a failure. Every romantic relationship is going to result in a failure. Now you say, well, what the hell are you talk? That's bullshit, Alan. How you can I, you, my how first you thought was just just one. That's what Tom <laughs> <laughs> see it, it's he's 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 he understands this concept. In what in, in what makes me say that, right? What what is behind that idea? But first of all, can I admit my relationship has failed? What does that mean? See, that's that's what I'm getting to. What meaning do we assign? 
to ourselves. Do I have to wear a big scarlet letter S right mm -hmm. now walk around and be ashamed that I have failed? My relationship has failed. You know how many people commit suicide when their partner wants to divorce them? A lot because they can't handle failure. Yeah, and well, you, you could go broader than that. You could just say, because this is, I mean, this, we're going to say, we all are going to fail countless times in our lives. We, we you know, we're, you know, but it's, it's, so again, our, our, our way of listening to it is we, we take it to the, to the binary. Oh, we're going to fail, but not succeed. Well, no, yeah. we're going to succeed a lot of times too. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's 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 this inclusive thing that we talk about. It's like, but but you know that generally that's not that hard to get a hold of. It, it's like, but the, but the idea is for, for us to have that humility, we got to go to that. The, the, and I get that where you go to the relationships because that that's the one that goes straight to our heart and and we we attack ourselves the most for. Well, and, and here's what 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 happens too in our culture, which I still love this idea, but. Failure is okay as long as you become successful from it. See, that's that's mm -hmm. the hook. So you circle back, right? You go back. Now you're mm -hmm. back to where the problem started. Oh my God! Mm -hmm. As long as I'm successful, and I if I failed and I become successful, then the failure was okay. Then it's okay that I failed. But if you just fail and you don't become mm -hmm. successful, what are you? You're a failure. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to be a failure then? Well. You see, that's the craziness that goes on, that everything is so connected to success in our culture, right? Into winning, as Tom said. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big thing. So so even when couples start to, drive, start to face failing, they want a quick run into, but we can make this successful because we failed. Well, mm -hmm. slow down. <laughs> slow down. I, I appreciate your eagerness and your ambition, but let's slow down and let's just sit with what it means to fail and what makes it so hard to live in that space. Mm -hmm. Just embrace that and what it means. And see, now then we get to disappointment because a failure in most relationships is the result of of us coming in with a lot of high expectations about what would be happening in this relationship. Sure. These hopes we have, some of which grow out of our childhood, out of wanting to reverse some of the experiences we had growing up. Some of them are just programmed in from all the nonsense we hear about what a relationship should be like and how it should look and how it should function. Songs that we listen to, my goodness, think about all of the the, the subliminal messages you've got mm -hmm. from the, you know, what by now millions of songs you listen to about mm -hmm. love and relationships. And I and, can't live without you, baby. Well, you, know, <laughs> you know what What comes to mind um, is uh, we had a guest on uh, in the early part of the year, Richard Warner, who um, had endured some like real financial um, setbacks or hardships in his recovery as part of his journey. And part of my, uh, what I would consider my failure cluster in life was like really just like giving almost all of my twenties to addiction and blowing a ton of money and blowing relationships. And I mean, 
my growing sense of kind of like where this is all leading and what I can take from it that's positive is that, you know, this was this was the uh, 90 degree tilt onto my face that mm -hmm. en enabled me to, to to prioritize and to make actual like value judgments about life and kind of like, you know, you learned. Uh, yeah, you I learned. learned. But um, man, that's a lot of wreckage. That's a lot of, you know, uh, quite a lot of failure to absorb. And you know, I understand why some people can't come back from it because the, the, to reconcile that, you know, uh, in a well, positive way. No, see, this is where the ego comes in. If yeah. my ego says that shouldn't have happened to me, I shouldn't have been like that. It means that I'm a bad person. See, this is what makes it hard for us to just sit with our failure, just to sit with it. How did you fail? Right. Did you did you know, because failure means that there was an option for success, mm -hmm. but there's not an option for success. See, that's what I'm trying to get to is our failures are not based on that. We had an option for success. Our failures are based on we failed, period. There was no option for success. You couldn't do a damn thing different than you did during those years. So when you sit and fantasize, I could have done something differently. And oh my God, I, I wasted all that time. No, you didn't. You didn't have a choice to succeed. That was not a possibility. See, it, but it's a fantasy. This is the game we play with ourselves. I must tell myself I could have succeeded because that means I wasn't as big of a failure. Well, you see? And there and there you that's go. It, that's interesting though, because you could you, uh, I, I don't, I feel like there's something deep there. I'm not quite hey, understanding it, though. Well, one of the things I, I I'm sorry to interrupt it, but it's like Alan hit the word because because what we tell ourselves when we fail is we are a failure. We 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 make we make it into our identity it's because the, the ultimately what we're looking for, the opportunity of, of failure or disappointment or whatever is to be in that like Alan's talking about into and make it about tr true acceptance and understand but, but go with that but see tom say that again see we tell ourselves we're a failure which means we had the option to succeed mm -hmm. see that's the big lie mm -hmm. you could not have done anything different in your 20s than you did right. i could not function any better than i functioned in my relationships and i fail in every one of my relationships right well, and, and yeah, and, and you got to hear this. And I failed because I don't have the option to succeed. It, so we could say, let's throw out the word and let's just mm -hmm. deal with that. You're mm -hmm. ignorant, Alan. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. You know, so how can somebody succeed if they're ignorant? Well, I can't. I'm an ignorant oaf. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what I got to deal with. But you see, that's a whole different thing, Patrick, than what you're doing. When you tell yourself I'm a failure because I threw away my 20s. No, you didn't. You lived your 20s in the only way you could live your 20s. That was the only possibility you had available to you. And that means there was no success possible. That was an illusion. And this is, the, this is what I want us to understand about this. This whole thing is based on a lot of illusions that we tell ourselves that we could have succeeded. See, we play this game with ourselves that if I could have succeeded, it means I'm not as much of a failure. But if well, I don't, if I don't also, have to succeed, see what I'm saying yeah. is then even this idea of being a failure is nonsense because fail only me is, is compared to success. 
Right. Again, the binary. It's in, in neurolinguistics programming. I, one of the most important, uh, many of the, some of, there are many of them, but, but one of the most important things I took away from that stuff is there was such an emphasis uh, in that training on the fact that what we, what we do at any given time is, is, is we, we, we choose the best options we perceive as available to us. And it's, it's like, and so the idea is when you look back at that with, it gives you a place of compassion of, of like, uh, you know, cause, and this is where I do, I, I always say, I like to do time travel therapy. It's, it's like, it's like, um, you know, part of what part, I mean, there, I know you're, there's more to what you're saying, but part of what you're saying is, is also what I get out of it is, is take a deep breath and, and how about this? Accept the fact that you can't, we can't, none of us can change the past. And it's like, and, and so if you're traveling back in time and talking to a younger version of yourself, how do you feel? Are you comfortable saying to that younger version, you're a failure, you know, or do you, or how, or what would you say to that person? It's like, you'd say what Alan's saying, which is you'd say, you know what, you, you, you don't know your ass from a hole in the ground, but it, it's, it's like, it's, it's like you're doing the, you're doing the best you can. <laughs> but you see, but even that in our culture, is it okay to admit you're ignorant? Right. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've gotten better at, um, but you see what I mean? You see the dilemma we got here. Yeah. So now if I just say I didn't, I did that's I did what I did and I, and that's the result. I failed. There wasn't an option for me to succeed. I don't know what I'm doing. I was trying, I was faking it and it didn't work out very well. Right. Didn't work out well at all. You see, if I say that now I'm ashamed because I should know better. So here we come back into all of the forces that are impinging on us that make it hard to just be with who we are and what experience we're having. So now I'm let go of this idea that I, I could have succeeded. And so I can just accept that what I did is what I did. But now I come in and feel bad that I didn't know. I can't give myself a break. You see what happens, Patrick, and we wonder what makes it so hard, as Tom says, for acceptance, for people to accept who they are and what the reality is of what's going on in their life. Because all of the things we're talking about make it very hard. And what we know to be true about emotional sobriety, I think as people have been listening to us and we've been talking, it really starts with who we are. That's the basis. That's the basis. That's our foundation. That's our platform. That's where it all begins, right? Is in terms of who I am in being able to be honest with myself about that and not play all of these games that I play to try to create an illusion that I'm something I'm not. Well, see, the seed, I, I would say the seed of my recovery was that I. I realized that I had certain values. Um, I cared about people. Um, I had some appreciation for the experience of life. And uh, I was misusing my time. And I was living out of alignment with that essence, I think, that I had. And I, you know. Um, okay, but you did it again. You were misusing your. No, you weren't. <laughs> I wasn't. You didn't misuse your time at all. There was no misusing anything. You were doing exactly what you were doing. And there was no misusing anything. Everything you were doing, you were doing, period. 
You weren't misusing anything. You were doing exactly what you were intending to do. Well, if, I, I guess I suppose another way to say that then would be that um, I had an idea about a different way I could be using it. Of course you did. But you, your idea and the reality are two very different. You're back to that thing. I could have been successful. Well, sure. I, I Yes, I know. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Well, you're no, describing no. you're describing the behavioral value split that, that we have, which is, yeah, you're you are aware of a value system and you're aware that you're not living up to that value system. That's part of the experience. You know, but here's my question to you, because going back to what Alan's saying about about where it comes back to our being, when you look, because I think this is where this is one of the more important things to me is, is, is when you look back at that, that 20 something that you are, is do you do you consider that 20 something version of yourself? less valuable than you well you know what i would like to i would like to but i get i get the sense that uh it's all part of the soup well but but why why would you like to think he's less valuable it's like you know well that's easy that's easy to suss out right he's disgusting i mean he's just chaotic and uh i don't know i you know maybe though there will be a time in my life all right. Well, let I me can, ask you this. When okay. I was when I was doing all the crap that I was doing and, you know, if you need me to fill in the, the details, I'd be happy to. But would you and, and it's fine if your answer is, is yes. And that's just being honest. Do you think that that if I sit here and tell you about what I was doing in my 20s uh, and, you know, that uh, that you would say whatever you just said about yourself, that it's just, uh, you know, that I was disgusting. Maybe not. I don't know. See, I think I think we need to make a distinct. There's a distinction between what we're doing and who we are. The being part. See, that's what I liked about where Alan went with that was the idea that that this is, um, you know, I mean, I just I'm 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 reading more. I'm I'm reading more Pema Chodron uh, with about Buddhism, and it's like it's so much. There's so much stuff in there about just. I mean, it, it's like they just keep stretching this thing of acceptance. It's like it's just it just is. You know, and it's like, and the thing is, I think what I think what I was afraid of when I first started getting in touch with the idea of just full acceptance is that I, they meant I was going to I was going to stop growing. I was going to stop. Nothing else was going to happen. That acceptance was just like I was just, you know, but no, we, we don't. The more, you know, one of the things that that um, I think Roger Andy reminds us of this all the time on the Thursday night group is acceptance is the first is is always the first uh, prerequisite uh, step in change. Yeah, it has to be. It, it, yeah, it, it's, it's necessary. And uh, no, it's like if, if we could travel back in time. Yeah, I, I would like to think I would right now if we could travel back in time, I'd find that 20 something year old version of you and just wrap my arms around it. I could probably use it. I could probably use it. Yeah. Yeah. But see, you could do that with him, too. Because like, like, you know, it's like it is what it is. Would you would you guys frame that as like it's important to have a kind attitude towards your failure and disappointment? Is Is that. It's a kind attitude towards yourself, period. Yeah. Well, see, if you pull in, it's a kind attitude. Then once again, you get to the thing of, well, you're being kind because he really could have been successful and he wasn't. See, it's, it, it's, it's what can we just see that this is who at that point in our life, who we were and how we yeah. were functioning. And, and is that 
you know, who we are? Well, obviously it was who we are at that time, but it doesn't define us as not having other possibilities. See, I think that's the weird thing is that when people go to acceptance, they're afraid if I accept that, I can't become something else. Right. And that's not true. It's we say acceptance is the prerequisite to change. When you accept mm -hmm. that, there's other possibilities that exist. But as we know, when I am playing a game and I won't accept what's going on with me and I try to change without accepting it, I'm not able to make any changes at all. Mm -hmm. The person who tries to control their drinking, you know, that's an alcoholic, can't control their drinking. They're still in that same cycle of madness, right? That insanity that they were in before. Mm -hmm. Once there's acceptance, I'm powerless. The paradox is now we can discover new a new power, right? A new way of coping with what was going on. But it starts by saying, I'm not able to do this. I can't control my use of alcohol. <laughs> but see, this becomes an important thing, right? And, and you, you notice that there's no judgment on that. I admitted I was powerless and forgave myself for not being whatever what I think I should have been. That wasn't in the first step. <laughs> it didn't say that. We admitted we were powerless, that our lives had become unmanageable. It's just and and dealing with what is an observation of what is my reality. Well said and understood. Well, and another piece of that is, is you know, the thing I think about a lot of times is, is when I go back and change these things, you know, it's like I'm sorry, I'm genuinely sorry for the ways that I that I hurt myself and hurt other people. But it's like everything that has gone before is the reason I'm here now. You know, and it's like, you know, I, I think there's an arrogance sometimes to thinking, you know, we, we could not necessarily think we could actually go back in time and change things, but 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 thinking in those terms, because the idea is, you know, that's where I just go back to the it is what it, it is, what it is, it was what it was. And it's it's like, how do I feel about myself right now? You know, and um, and just and I just love that idea of love, the, the Buddhist idea of just you practice loving kindness towards yourself. And it, it, you know, always, and it's, I think it's one of the biggest challenges any of us have. Well, I mean, on a surface level, I mean, I really recognize if, if only on a surface level, I recognize the uselessness of playing out these fantasies of what could have been and, you know, um, trying to kind of your look at yeah. your judgments. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right. because yeah, I, I, I have driven myself mad with those things before and, um, yeah. you know, I know that there's more to it, but yeah, I can certainly recognize that, um, it could only have been one way. I was, I was kind of a nutcase yesterday. I, I, I was, I went into a really dark place yesterday. It's like, like I, what I can say today is, is, and I didn't enjoy that at all. It felt bad. It's like, you know, it's, it, it but what I I could not what I can honestly say is is at no time did I I'm, I'm trying to be sure I I mean this at, yeah no time at no time was I actually thinking I should that I should just stop being the way I was I was really just trying to explore what what that was about trying to be in it as much as I could and I and I came through it but it's um, 
I always have these images of you on your walks, Tom. But yesterday, just just so everybody understands, you know, because they, you know, they we we compare ourselves to other people with assumptions and stuff like that. Yeah, nice walk with my dog. It's like no, yes, yesterday it was it was you know I, I, at every given moment I just went back to the bed and and just was lying there. It's like like there was I mean it was like no it was it, <laughs> no walk. It was, no, no there was walk. there was no walking. The dog wanted to walk. I was just laying there, just damn man, dark. It was feeling bad. It's like it's it's like yeah. So it's it's um, yeah. It 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 is what it it is what it it was what it was. And here I am today. And I think I you know in our my job is always positive opportunism is to whatever has happened before. I my job is to benefit from it. How can I how can I use this to be better right now? Well, and yeah, you do you, that, Patrick. By the way, I mean, want to make it clear. You you do a lot of this. You you, you know, the, in in the midst of the other stuff, where you may feel yourself tripping up with this other stuff, but it's like, you know, uh, you can't you can't have accomplished what you've accomplished and be where you are right now without having experienced a great deal of acceptance. So now let's go to the other part of this. Okay. this right we talked about failure right mm -hmm. so in order to embrace failure we must allow ourselves to be disappointed i need to feel my disappointment right. and to be able to acknowledge it and what makes it hard to do that is once again if i own it i'm afraid i will be stuck in it mm -hmm. if i say i am disappointed will it mean that i will now be cursed with being disappointed the rest of my life. I, I remember working with some patients early on um, in in my in my work, and I remember then we started. They would start to cry, and they would stop themselves, and I would say, "What's mm -hmm. what are you experiencing now?" And they'd say, "I'm so frightened." I said, "What are you frightened of? If I start crying, I will never stop. I'll never stop. Yep. So hear that. If I start mm -hmm. crying, I will never stop." I'd say, well, let's experiment. I'd love to see if that happens today because I haven't experienced that with anyone yet, but you may be the first. So why don't you start and then we'll, and I'll sit here with you as long as I have to sit here with you. But you see, it's that idea that if I own it, I'm stuck with it. If I own it, I'm stuck with it. Rather than if I own it, I can experience it. I can deal with it. I can see what it means for me. I can let myself feel more fully. L listen to what Cahill Gibran said about joy and sorrow. He says, your joy is your sorrow unmasked. I love his way with words. He goes, and the self-same well from which your laughter arises was oftentimes filled with your tears. He says, how else can it be? The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. That's beautiful, and deep, and 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 deep, clever. Yeah, isn't the yeah. deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. James Hillman, a brilliant psychotherapist, Jungian trained, wrote a book about. I think it was called Feeling Blue, and he he argued for depression. And this is why he was arguing for it. He says, part of the problem with people that are depressed is they have this strong feeling they shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for them to let themselves experience it and see what it means for them. Mm 
-hmm. Listen to what he said again. The deeper that sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can take, the more joy you can contain. Is not the cup that holds your wine the very cup that was burned in the potter's um, oven? And is not the lute that soothes your spirit the very wood that was hollowed with knives? When you are joyous, look deep into your heart and you will find it is only that which has given you sorrow that is giving you joy. <laughs> when you are sorrowful, look again in your heart and you shall see that in truth you are weeping for that which has been your delight. <laughs> Oftentimes when people allow themselves to experience joy, the next emotion that surfaces is a lot of sadness. Mm -hmm. about missing that in their life. Mm -hmm. And then they want to stop that and just stay with the joy. But see, what, what we're talking about is all of these experiences are human experiences. And the more you allow yourself to be human, the more you will be. Okay. Well, the other thing you're saying is, is who we are is not static. It's and like, see, that's, that's, see, the, 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 cha the challenge here is, to, and, and this is, a, for me, it has been a big one. It's like to understand that our identity is, is ever changing our, our, who we are is fluid. And, and it's like, it's, it's, and that's, and I get that from the, from what you just read. It's so right. beautiful because it's all, you know, this is, this was this stage of this, and this is what's this stage and it's all, you know, but our tendency, like you said, when we, when we have disappointment, we feel disappointment, we're afraid because we tend, we tend to just, uh, we tend to identify so strongly with anything that now I'm just a disappointed guy. You know, or for me, I could also go the other way and say when I'm when I have to accept the fact that I'm disappointing somebody, that I'm a, a disappointment to somebody that that doesn't make me just a disappointment. It means the, the truth is I have I am disappointed. I have done something. I am doing something that's disappointing to somebody else. It's like, OK, and that may be something I want to to, to change may not be something I may, may want to be. be. Well, what I always tell people, it may be something because sometimes, you know, we will get we will feel hurt about according to choices other people make. But that's not the same as being harmed. You know, right. there's, there are things there are things that, you know, if I if I change if I change plans, you know, we have a deal and I change plans and you guys you guys really were looking forward to something we were all three going to get to do together. And both of you, you are, are saying, well, this really this really hurts, man. I'm sorry. You know, I don't want you to do that. And go like I, when anytime and I tell this to my clients, anytime somebody comes to me and says that they feel hurt by something I've done or said. The first thing I want to know is ask them to tell me about it because there's very in, in, in the, in the, in the, it absolutely can be that I've done something that I consider to be harmful to somebody else that I did not mean to do. And if that's the case, that's when we're wrong. We promptly admit it. That's 10th step. I want to get on that. But the other thing is very often somebody can tell me that they're upset or sad about something. Cause I've made a change in, in something that way that I'm doing something or something I'm doing. And it's like, I haven't done anything wrong. You know, so I can, this is one of those places where I can really say legitimately, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that you're feeling that way, you know, but I, I'm sorry that you're having that experience, but, you know, but, but not, but, you know, not, I, I know, I know I, I'm getting distracted in my own head because I, no, I know no, some no. people who only apologize that way, which That's gets right. on my last nerve. It's like, you know, I'm so sorry if you, if you were hurt by that, it's like, yeah, right, right. Well, I just, I just told you I was hurt by that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. 
let, let me read the rest of what he says about this because I think that this is a good way to wrap Go up this. He goes, Go some of you say joy is greater than sorrow and others say nay, sorrow is the greater. But I say unto you that they are inseparable. Together they come and when one sits alone with you at your board, remember that the other is asleep upon your bed. It goes back to what Tom said. It's a fluid situation. We're not one or the other. We're all of this. All of, all all of it. We're not one or the other. But but because we all want to feel joy all the time and feel successful and good about ourselves, we're going to cling to that and we're going to deny the other. And any any attempt at denying your experience is going to result in leading a life that is only partially lived, not fully lived. And if it's partially lived, you'll never have uh, this deep and profound experience that you can have with, as Bill called it, being rocketed into the fourth dimension. <laughs> mm-hmm. Being rocketed into the fourth dimension means being fully to embrace what is, as we've talked about over and over again. We talk about embracing what is in terms of reality, dealing with a situation, embracing what is in terms of the truth of myself at any given moment, right? Without having to be something different. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm hoping that 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 this is a meaningful discussion for some of you that are struggling with just wanting to be on one side of that pole or the other, but they're both important. Well, it's been meaningful to me. There you go. Until next time. Change your life. Change your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Been with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human Never be ashamed to be yourself Rest assured that whatever you're doing Will entertain me like nobody else So here's to us, my old friends Until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again With glass in hand and children Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.